episode. This is the podcast, yeah. No, but really, guys, this is the podcast. This is two chickpeas in a podcast. What's up, girls? Hi! <laughs> we can't see you. Hi. You can't? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Okay. Hey. How are you? We're good. Yeah. How are you? Really good. I'm just uh, talking from my bedroom in London. We just arrived like four days ago, and me and my brother, and we're in quarantine for two weeks. Oh, great. How so, is it going so far then, quarantine? So far, we're not fighting. So it's good. <laughs> That's better than like literally. We just have to walk into the room with our brother, and then star plus all the explosions. Every really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> is he? Is he older? The younger. younger. It was his younger, birthday okay, yesterday. Okay. Actually, we ha- we managed to have like a twenty-four successful... hours of being nice to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dinner. None of us argued. We actually were laughing. Nice man. No. Uh, it's near Notting Hill. Um, oh lovely love a bit of Notting Hill we can definitely recommend when you get out some cool restaurants and stuff to go to around there oh please do because I've been I've been ordering um Indian food oh yeah and I mean it wasn't always that good so I mean really we need to bring you to Hounslow really truly have you been to have you been to Hounslow or Southall or anything no I haven't it's like I've been to Wembley Wembley okay yeah. Wembley, yeah, but I I still have to discover these places. Yeah, no, Hounslow yeah. and Southall are basically known for its Asian community and definitely the food. This is where it's oh, at. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll have to bring Has you. Hounslow's like where Ben did like Beckham was filmed. Ah, really? Yeah. yeah. See the road like one two minute drive away from us. There's a road there, and like it, okay. a lot of film was filmed there. Which one is the best uh, restaurant? Indian restaurant. What here? Don't don't tell me Dishu. Is it? No 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 no. <laughs> That's like contemporary, like a kind of fusion Indian fusiony food. But like, yeah. if you want the good good, the bang bang, um, there's the a bang bang yes. There's a restaurant in Southall <laughs> that I actually I haven't been to, but I've had is fantastic. Um, called Brilliant Restaurant. Yeah. I've always wanted to go there. <laughs> what a name the for queen, a restaurant. The Queen went. The Queen and. Prince yeah. Charles. Wow. <laughs> we will bring you to the ends for some food indeed. Yeah. Um, but awesome. yeah, just want to say um, thank you once more again for joining us on Two Chickpeas in a Podcast. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me. It's my first podcast actually now. Oh, so, yeah. That's so cool. Great. Yeah. So then yeah. <laughs> hopefully you'll remember us along the way. And then, of course. <laughs> <laughs> remember, it started with two chickpeas. So, yeah, I just, we wanted to, uh, yeah, we've said thank you a gazillion times, but we can't believe it because literally. We love you. We literally love you. I hadn't heard <laughs> wow, of you like thank you. long ago, but um, yeah. when I got to listen to your music, um, Good Love, like, oh, that's like my favorite shit like i literally just play it we play it all the time don't we all especially the like wow. the later part of the song when it yeah. goes into, love. <laughs> oh, we going into yeah like, all the so time. nice so good it's like so good to hear in my head as well like i'll just be like yeah. just be like sing that work and i'm like you know <laughs> like, wait how did you discover me so Nikki actually introduced me. Yeah, I'm, I think you did an interview with Bobby Friction, I think on BBC Asian Network, maybe like yeah. a year I think ago. It was, it was yeah. a little while ago. And then, yeah, just I heard you. I was like, wow, love this song. And then followed you on all the grams, all the socials, you know, on Apple Music Amazing. and everything. And then that's, yeah, we've just ever since then just been following you. And then yeah. I saw, I think you were in London, maybe September time, September, August time, I think you were here. And mm-hmm. that's, and then I just, I don't know, I just got brave that morning. I was like, let me just slide in her DM. There's probably not <laughs> work at all. <laughs> and then I think you got back, like not, not too long after. I did. Yeah, please yeah, yeah. message my people. I was like, yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. really excited that you said yes. And it's insane. Uh, it's insane. I feel like Bobby Friction. He's the one who introduced me to the world because a lot of things happened because of him. He is a really, really special guy. I actually uh, was on a placement at BBC Asian Network in 2016. 
and I yeah. covered his show quite a lot and he is the best thing the best person to learn from by far his brain the music encyclopedia that's in his yeah. brain is is absolutely crazy and it's he, incredible he literally he's so aware of everything that's happening within the scene emerging mm -hmm. artists he has so much connection and knowledge to music past how it's influenced uh british asian culture and yeah. vice versa how the british sound has influenced even Punjabi songs or the bhangra scene you know when we had early 2000s bhangra garage dive songs like he's just yeah it's so incredible to watch him he really like his brain is and yeah it needs to be insured or something it's so good like he's just on it with the music and just got such a vibrant personality so yeah all thanks to bobby friction really thanks to bobby friction man also from hounslow where we're from as well so we could all link up and go for like some food here so we'll definitely bring you to the area some yeah. one way or another <laughs> let's do that also we met a girl that you know um called prit Music. oh yeah 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 we've met, met her i haven't met her in person oh she's awesome but yeah she's she's a really great singer and like i literally did incredibly talented artist so we met her like a couple of weeks ago because we did a podcast with this girl our shadism episode and um she wanted to do like for our master's project like a photo shoot so like she had all these different girls like and, and guys different shades south asian people and we met her and she and she just was great to chat to but then i heard her music and i fell in love like i yeah. really relate to like lyrics and stuff and your lyrics as well very it's very like like soft romantic you know what i mean but it's like it's deep shit as well you know oh you man know? that's so like, um sorry to jump in because i know you wanted to start off but um <laughs> yeah. like are your lyrics like obviously you write them yourself are they like personal stories to you or does it kind of just Actually, um, it's me and my brother. He also writes the lyrics and sometimes he uh, writes full songs and some, sometimes I do. And yeah, they're all um, based on, you know, true stories. And uh, yeah, and also from movies and stuff like that, documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, we, we, uh, we uh, produce a lot of songs now and we wanted to release an album back in March. Mm -hmm. but due to the lockdown we didn't know what to do so we just waited uh, and then you know um, the labels came knocking and we're signed to Warner now and it was, it was it was like a sign you know to wait with the album before releasing it just like that yeah I think yeah. like timing the timing's key in it it's just always so key it is it out so well so are you happy because like I know that some artists really prefer prefer to go independent um because you have such a unique sound and like but you bring your your kind of Indian touch to it like do you feel like you're happy um for the longest time I didn't even think about signing to a record label because I had a chance to sign um maybe five years ago but it was like a Swiss record label. Mm. But since they said that I'm not allowed to, well, they wanted to um, wanted to me to work with in-house producers. Yeah. And that was just not the right thing for me because I wanted to do music with my brother, right? Right. And so I just I just canceled. And then when I um, in 2018 when I released my first song. Um, we just, we just felt like we could do it by ourselves, me and my brother. But then it got more and more, and it was a lot of work. And um, my brother was, at the same time, the manager, producer, um, songwriter, <laughs> and it was, it got like too much everything. And then we just thought, let's let's check out the labels, you know, uh, and see. What they have to offer yeah and do you think they like reflect what your music is really about then definitely yeah, yeah because they they were they said they completely loved the whole idea of you know a mixture of the cultures and and also the songs that we already created so the full album will be released like it is and which is really cool like 
Yeah, I think it is really cool because that's that was like always a concern of mine. Like when someone is like as unique as yourself and you sign to a, a label, they can like kind of fabricate you and kind of mold you into what you know what their kind of idea is. But it's really good that they they have that like connection with you and your originality and um, yeah. How- project yourself because we i can completely identify with it like you know and i'm sure you can too nikki like you know in your videos you're very like you're very modern and classy, yeah. but you have that swag with it as well like you know wearing like the sari and and like just the way you do your, you do your hair and then like the very nice makeup a minimal makeup like do you know what i mean mm-hmm. swag <laughs> yeah i mean for me as well um it was important that to uh, bring that south indian um style into it and because back in the days i i didn't like saris and i didn't like punjabis and stuff like that but the older i got the more i started to appreciate it and um and i saw this sari like i don't two years ago on instagram you know the the red sari that i'm wearing yeah um the video where it says tamil yeah. And I thought that was so powerful and and it, it cost like about 10,000 US dollars. And I wow. thought there's no way I can get this sari. But then, you know, when we started to do the music video, the stylist was like, hey, I can try and ask them. And he made it happen. So that, yeah. was, that was a huge thing. And now um, I'm keeping that sari. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saving it. I'm saving it for my wedding day. So yeah, <laughs> I love that. So I think I want to backtrack a little bit on our conversation while we are talking about your brother and growing up. I think it's so um, unique, almost in a way that both of you have found such a strong path with music. But I want to ask because there are, so I think so many people who can relate to sort of Asian parents who want to bring up their children in a certain way and it definitely isn't usually parents who encourage their children to follow their musical paths that might be calling them and to try and steer them into another direction would you say that you had a similar experience like this with your parents yeah I I felt like I have the strictest parents in the world (laughs) because um yeah um for them you know they they really tried to protect me from everything surrounded by me and like at home we had this tamil culture like we ate with the hand we we watched tamil movies and uh, we had like musical jam sessions uh with uh, Hollywood tamil music you know and as soon as i stepped out of the house it was the western culture mm-hmm. so for me it was very difficult to grow up between those two cultures because um yeah i didn't have that much freedom like my white peers in school and um i was really struggling with it and, and so you, you were born and raised in in switzerland, switzerland yeah, Sorry, yeah. Switzerland. i was born i was born and raised in switzerland yeah and so you know, you try to be this perfect daughter. Um, uh, you want to keep that reputation. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, you want to live your life, you know? Mm-hmm. So balancing those two worlds, it was really challenging. Mm-hmm. But I made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and how yeah. would you say you made that happen then? Because for a lot of um, our listeners or audiences they I think they still somewhat struggle here and there with sort of confronting their parents about this is what I'm passionate about this is what I want to do or or being able to show them that they do live maybe a more westernized lifestyle I think it's so difficult I think I'm starting to understand now only in my later 20s and now I'm a bit away more grown up you know pay my own bills and live by myself kind of thing and I have a bit more adult perspective maybe how my parents did and I think maybe they and our grandparents before us who've come to the UK have maybe sacrificed a lot and been through a lot so have certain expectations of us and it's a lot of pressure to put on young people to fulfill their ideologies or their sort of vision and dream for having lived coming to live in this country um and they don't necessarily 
understand or respect the fact that you're growing up entirely in a different culture because they haven't they've come to this country they've grown up somewhere else yeah. had all their understanding yeah yeah then come here so how did you yeah. really sort of sort of you and your brother both of you kind of just sort of stand your ground with your parents and say no we are following our music path I mean the reason why we um you know even do music is because of my father um, when I was 10 years old, he uh, created a band and uh, he played the tabla and my brother, he played the keys. And I was, you know, um, a playback singer. <laughs> and uh, his keys, uh, piano or is that harmonium or what is the keys? It's the uh, piano. Okay. Just, just to clarify, yeah. you know, we got sent to play the harmonium and tabla when we were like very young. <laughs> really? Parents. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, and then I really got into singing and I even then discovered that I had a voice and and then I started to listen to urban music and new soul. Um, you know, Lauren Hill, Brandy, and um I've been listening to them and writing down the lyrics and record myself. And so that was the thing that I would do on a daily basis, you know. Like I was not allowed to go out and party and stuff like that so I used my time wisely yeah, good girl. <laughs> but there was a time when you know my brother Jeff Gold, he um, had this rap band and they had a concert in our town and I remember when I um, in the song Alicia Keys uh, Fallen that my brother told me hey, you should perform this at the concert. And I was so super excited about this. And I even wrote it down in my diary and I left it open. And then, and then my father, he saw it and he was like, where are you going? I said, to a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Another one? <laughs> and so, so he said, um, yeah, it's not happening. You're not doing this. And I was so devastated. It was, it was really, really difficult. And, um, and even if I ask my father, if he remembers that moment, he doesn't, he doesn't know anything anymore. Yeah. And uh, so I just decided from then onwards that I'm not gonna tell them anything about my music career or, you know, because I started to do backing vocals for other artists and, I went to uh, jam sessions and open mics and did some featureings, but I never told my parents about it. So I just did it for myself. And um, so I tried, yeah, I, I was this daughter that they wanted me to be. <laughs> At the same time, I did what I wanted to do. And yeah, I yeah. balanced it somehow. It got you to where you needed to be as well. So that's like one of the best things, isn't it? Sometimes we can't tell our parents what we want to do. And it's for our greater good. We were never really allowed to play on the street with like yeah. with people. We were never really well. Our parent, my, our mom was all right, like in, towards like our teenage years. But like when we were younger, we were never really allowed to like mm -mm. go out on the street. And, yeah, and I think I I suppose I lived a similar experience to you in in the sense of not. I think we've been quite open with our mum about everything we do but I suppose about uh I felt like maybe I was living a double life much earlier on I suppose growing up because though I did grow up in an Indian household you know a lot of that culture was sort of being ingrained in me but then living in this western world and then going to school I, I personally felt that my culture Indian culture was um a big laughing point for a lot of other school yeah. children yeah same here yeah yeah, yeah. And I really, really struggled with that. And I think we, we speak a lot on the podcast about how we rejected a lot of our culture, not just because it was yeah. being made fun out of, but there was a lot of other things I saw from a really early age, um, you know, with patriarchy within our culture, the mm -hmm. double standards that you have, uh, the role of women, um, yeah, and, right. just, and just and how that all places in the family and, and especially being women as well, seeing how we were being treated differently mm -hmm. to men, what that 
that men and uh it, it never sat right with me from a really young age like, I would say I rejected yeah. a lot of my culture and if yeah. anything now I'm fulfilling this very coconut stereotype where I really I feel like I don't I'm not connected or tuned with it at all yeah but I think you reflect that quite well in your music so how did you kind of balance that did you have feelings growing up of of resenting your culture almost to a degree because of its restrictions how did you sort of keep that love and balance yeah definitely um and also in school it was not cool to be tamil you know and um and there was a lot of resentment at that time but I don't know until I really, you know, asked myself who I was and where I come from was the point where I started to embrace the culture. But I don't know exactly when that point was. It just came slowly, slowly. But yeah, I mean, I remember my aunt when she asked me um, what I want to do after my, you know, um, um, career, you know, and and then I said, um, I don't know, I, I probably want to do, I want to work at the airport, you know? And uh, and then she was like, yeah, but you know what? You're, you're going to get married anyway soon and he will provide for you. So you don't have to worry about that. Hell no. And yeah. And from then onwards, I also thought like, you know what? I, I never want to depend on anybody. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, and that's when the whole resentment also started when they also talked about, you know, marriage proposals and stuff like that. Um, that was another thing, which was a, a, a big struggle in a way. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I For me, it was just never the right thing to do. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it is because we've grown up in these a bit more Western worlds, and you, and not even just that you're exposed to a Western type of life. But I think we're quite lucky here in London to be exposed to really multicultural uh, society, and there's loads of different cultures and and people of different backgrounds to blend with. So I think it was very apparent to me at a young age that these sort of cultural pressures or um, rigid if that makes sense because it's quite rigid (laughs) in asian culture you can't there's not much scope for women to like move or grow i would say in this in the sense of you have your role as a woman in the household so would you say that your brother sort of maybe feels these pressures as you do with the pressure to get married and and things as well would you say there's quite a difference in the way that you both grew up together yeah i feel like i feel like i had more pressure than he did you know oh yeah of course um if you know I, I was the girl and um at a certain age by the age of 24 you should be you know all settled down and everything and so my pa- my parents they really struggled with the fact that that I just don't want to get married you know and uh and it was also very hard to explain that to them I mean it's not like that I never want to get married but it's just like until I find the right person by 24 they started when they, they started to uh, show me pictures from um, guys when I was 22. Oh my God, wow. mom and dad. Yeah, it was, it was super young, yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, how did, um, so it's, it's lovely that you and your brother have such a great relationship and you're able to work together. Do you think this will be a forever duo now? Kind of, kind of how uh, Billie Eilish and her brother, I suppose, have paid. <laughs> Um, I would definitely say that yeah it would it would be something that we would do for, forever actually because it's the best thing you know to be on this journey with your brother and to create these memories and and this itself is success to me yeah I mean there's nothing better than that exactly and you guys kind of like get each other's sound and you get what you you know you can probably have that like telepathy like right right you you don't have to communicate Mm. you just know Mm. (laughs) exactly and it must be a lot more easier as well when you come to introduce um sounds of your culture or indian or tamil vocalists into your work as well to have someone to be able to understand that um must be I mean, I mean, amazing because you've grown up together. You understand what it is, how you want to blend and balance both sounds as well, which must be so right. 
do you find that difficult ever because i think it's i think it's a really difficult thing i think there's been a number of artists who've come along the way over many years who've tried to do this right i think i I don't always think the balance is always there if that if if i'm I'm making sense yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you do it so effortlessly on good love it actually the way it transitions the way that the uh vocalists come in at the end and you have the doubler and everything it it just sounds it's like oh you know you were totally listening to like an r&b track like sid type vibes internet and then you come into this and it's like and it's like no one can touch you on your sound there's been so many people who've tried to or or still try to in their music is uh is balance both things and find it difficult yeah i mean definitely it was super i mean the whole thing happened organically and it was not planned or anything or you know we never thought about hey what if we just mix everything Mm -hmm. together uh you know my brother he just came up with the idea to switch the beat and then one thing have happened after the other you know and for me you, you won't see it in every songs of mine, you know, but you will hear small elements, you know, and influences. Um, sorry, I was just going to say about your your style <laughs> with this. Oh, sorry, I think the Zoom link's a bit broken, but um, yeah. I was going to say, oh, if you don't always hear it, I feel like I can always see it from what I've, because we've done our research on you, girl, and uh, we love <laughs> the aesthetics every time, even if it's just like some cool shades in one interview or the way when you did your TED uh, talk performance mm-hmm. as well and you came out in the sari, then you had the really cool, like black, almost British, type shoes and uh yeah, yeah. yeah always representing so do you think that yeah. will carry on again in all of your work do you feel like you can not even that you can but you want to represent your culture and everything that you do even if it doesn't sound it's not directly linked in your music and your sound that there is something that you're always carrying through yeah i mean i definitely want that because um i just feel comfortable in it you know and it's not about it's not because that I um, purposely want to represent it, but it just, I feel comfortable in those clothes. Yeah. And I definitely want to work more with um, South Asian designers and everything. And I'm really looking forward to it. And people ask me if I, you know, studied fashion or anything. I mean, you know, I have no idea about fashion. I don't know about all these designs and stuff like that. I just feel like I have an eye for it, you know yeah and um yeah you it's rock fun. It very well you rock yeah. it very very well and i asked this because again it's just bringing it back to the whole idea of identity which i think we are really trying to explore through the podcast because we have rejected so much of our culture growing up and you know we don't have as much understanding with it or there's been practices that we just have we just think make no sense like at all so I think we've sort of blended our identity into being these really British people but now we're starting to merge and just say oh yeah. it's you know we like playing our Punjabi or Bhangra music or watching a Bollywood film or you know all yeah. these things that we were scared to even admit it's kind of like we were scared to even admit and say that we were Indian to a degree so I just think this I, idea of identity in your music and your aesthetic is so do you think it's just so important for you to always represent that? Because I don't think there are enough people from the South Asian community being represented as a whole across music, Hollywood films, everything. So yeah, yeah. How do you? Feel I will. I, I mean, for me, it's definitely important to uh, keep the pace going, you know. And uh, I would definitely merge both both of the world in my music and visuals and everything that I do because I am a hybrid like that you know I'm 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 the person between two cultures and um and it's really fun to experiment with it yeah and um and now I feel like I have so many opportunities to do that and uh and to implement it so so I'm really looking forward to this journey actually yeah and i love the fact that you 
I think you had mentioned in your TED talk, like you started your career, you feel like quite late because you were 32, right? When you started? I'm 34, girl. Yeah, I was uh, yeah, 30, 31, 31. Oh, you're 31 when you started and you're 34. You look amazing. You look like me, you're like 25. You look young. So you look way younger than me, like way younger, honestly. <laughs> Killing it, honestly. Yeah, and the skin it's is glowing. No, no it's the light you no. shine from you, girl. You exude it, okay? Thank <laughs> you. Your, your Thank skin you. is um, insane. What do you do? Can I just? It's the gene, man. I mean, MIA, she also looks like, I don't know, 20. Yeah, she's, right? she's 45. Yeah, you know, she's 45 she's, at the moment. She's 45, yeah. She's 45. That's she so cool. She doesn't look it she's, at all. She's also from Hounslow. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, so from over here. <laughs> Just let us throw that in there. Big up. <laughs> awesome, man. But yeah. yeah, I mean, she also looks so young. Yeah. So, so it's young. good to know that we are going to look like this. Yeah, yeah blessed with the melanin. Are you, did you, yeah. Were you ever one of these people growing up? Did you, um, were you, did you hate your dark skin at one point? I know I did. And I would be one of these people who's like, I can't tan. I can't be in the sun. No. Um, and now I... Yeah, feel, that was me too. That was me too. Yeah, but, but we've been raised like that, you know? Mm. Don't go out in the sun, you know, and uh, yeah, protect the skin and uh, moisturize. And, you know, I mean... I appreciate it, but um, yeah. yeah you just seem but like I, I didn't have like difficulties to that I had like dark skin back in school time stuff. I knew that I was different, you know, because I felt like that, that I was the only brown skin girl in the entire school. But yeah, sometimes you just forget the, what color you are, you know, yeah. yeah until somebody points it out. But yeah. But so you said you were the only brown girl in your school? Yeah. Boy, that's a lot. Because we're our school, like like we said, Hans is quite multicultural, but like we were like, to be a white kid in our school was like you. And You're different. the minority. Yeah. <laughs> so we had like so many no way. in our school. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. crazy. So yeah, then like- That sounds like fun. A whole area is like, yeah, it sounds like fun. But then again, like people just didn't want to be like, oh yeah, I like Bollywood or whatever. So you felt like you had to- yeah. Cool, cool mm. person at school and walk around like yeah yeah i only like hip-hop and i only like this <laughs> right right when right. really you was banging that gobby kushi gobby gum at home so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's just crazy to me that um you're the only brown kid that must have been kind of yeah. hard but at the same time you rock it you rocked it right so i think i mean i don't i can't really remember everything mm. but I was anyway the outsider in class. Like I was the one with one maybe friend, because wow. uh, <laughs> uh, I was not allowed to do anything anyway. I was not allowed to go out and uh, and play with the other kids, and so I was the outsider. So for me, it was um, sometimes it was difficult because when you go um, in the countryside in Switzerland they were always surprised that I speak the language and that I'm dark skin and yeah, they never expected it. So, um, so you, it felt like you have to prove yourself constantly, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're one of them. <laughs> Me and Nikki, we don't fully speak Hindi. We don't fully speak Gujarati. Like we just, we know like dribs and drabs of it. So like for us, uh, like when we go see family and stuff, it's really hard to kind of almost communicate. But you got, but you fl fl fully fluently speak Tamil, yeah, yeah, Tamil, yeah, yeah, just Tamil, yeah. We we speak it properly. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't write or we can't um, read in right. Tamil, but we speak it fluently Sorry. because that, I mean, um, at home we always spoke Tamil, and our uncles and aunties, everybody spoke Tamil with us, so. Yeah, we watched a lot of Tamil movies, and I didn't realize how big the industry is. The Tamil, like the whole, like what's the you know, like Bollywood, but like for Tamils, what call it Hollywood, Hollywood, right, right. Yeah, I didn't realize how big it is until like maybe like a couple, maybe like four or five years ago when we started listening to like what's that song? Why is this? Why is this color very deep? Where that comes from? Is that a song? Is that uh, Danush? Yeah, from Danush, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that song. We love it. 
and then I kind of like was looking on YouTube and tapping into a lot of things and it's just it's just like kind of Bollywood but like it has its own it's its own lane as well right yeah it was insane and then I saw you on your Instagram you like post a lot of like your favorite songs and stuff yeah really nice yeah Uh, I just I just find it a bit difficult more difficult to sing in Tamil yeah I was gonna Um, ask about this because I was like it must be yeah it must be difficult to sing in Tamil and then have that translation but I was thinking like oh the Tamil rap scene as well I've only started to hear little bits here and there yeah it's incredible and the pace that they speak at or rap at is incredible so yeah 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 yeah. there's a little i've seen some tamil rap here and there on youtube and i was like what this is incredible um but moving on to um your music now i mean let's talk about your friends i i saw in another interview that you are friends with odyssey and then when you decided to to do music you just was like okay you know what it's now or never i'm going to new york I'm going to stay with a friend there. That friend was Odyssey, right? Yeah, I mean, I've stayed at different places, like for a few months here and there. And then um, for three months, Odyssey, he uh, gave me his studio. Wow. And uh, I was able to stay there and write these songs. And and he was then on tour. Mm -hmm. So I was really, really blessed to have that studio. And you know that energy that was there and um yeah it was it was really cool and i know odyssey for for a long time now because i saw him for the first time in uh, the jazz cafe in camden town where he had a concert and i didn't know who he was i just i just um went in because there was a concert and i saw it and i was like blown away i was like i was so inspired and that was the best concert I've seen in my entire life so far. Yeah. And uh, and ever since we became friends and we stayed in touch. And um, and during lockdown, when when I did had did have this uh, creative box, you know, he gave me a call and he said, "Hey, I want you to be on this new EP that I'm working on, uh, and I want to feature you." And I was dreaming about this for the longest time because <laughs> oh, I was you know I'm such a fan and, um, and it finally happened so it's, yeah. it's really an honor nothing's changed we told lies now we're truthful can't go back to what we used to but I'm still strange nothing has to make not know who he was initially he just happened to stumble across his concert in Camden coming yeah. you're on his project and can I say it's honestly stunning it's still strange stunning absolutely stunning really? it's just yeah, yeah. definitely it has such a different and distinct sound from good love as well like you you show a lot of your range across both tracks I feel and it's just yeah you can definitely hear the R&B influences in there and it's just I don't know it's just effortless and gorgeous um thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, I can't wait until until we, we can play concerts again you know oh yeah and how are you songs live did you did you manage to do many live performances because i've seen obviously when he did the tiny desk then you kind of sort of joined in virtually this is how we're yeah. all doing things now so did you right. manage to do many live performances before the lockdown before the lockdown yes i i played a lot of concerts in switzerland but when the lockdown happened a lot of people went live and played concert like that but for me it was just not the right thing to do and uh, even you know um I gave up my apartment in Zurich and I moved back to my parents' house. And um, I kind of, you know, I, I was kind of focused on myself and I took distance from music and friends and social media. And I was just, you know, sleeping a lot, <laughs> meditating a lot and and uh, spent time with my parents, you know, which is which was the best decision I did because 
Yeah, you're probably and, not um, going to get that time to like do again after this lockdown. Hopefully. Yeah, right. And do you even I, find yourself now? Tasha does. Um, yeah, I live with my mom and my brother and Nikki lives here. in her All own. on my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard though, because like you, you know, even, you know, I'm 25 and it's hard because you want your own space and stuff. But then at the same time, like living with your, with your parents, is just, a, it's just a different feeling. Like I still hug my mom like right. all the time. Like I need those. Right. And like yeah. if I was to leave. Oh, I won't get them. And also, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I suck. I don't really cook that much. So my mom's, my mom's cooking is, you know, your mom's cooking is your mom's cooking, you know? It's the so, best. So. Yeah. I mean, I moved out 10 years ago. So I came back now and it's just a different feeling, you know, as when you come back as an adult and you live with your parents yeah. and you kind of have like this, a friendship thing going on, you know? And um, I really, really appreciate the time with them. Because, you know, when people, when parents die, people always like cry about how they never spend enough time with their parents. And yeah, I don't want to be one of them, you know? People always have regrets and that's that's one thing for me. I know for sure, like if I, you know, if I'm not talking to like a family member or something and something happens to them, I feel like I need to go and just, be the bigger person and um right show them show them like my kind of my love in a weird way because yeah i will regret it like you know yeah. there's so many times where like i fought with my brother and i've been like i'm moving out i'm fucking moving out but then at the same time he's just such a beautiful soul as well um, right you know i was speaking to someone who who lost their brother recently and i was just like I'm in this feud with my brother and I would like, I would die. Like if I didn't have that connection with my brother anymore. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I would, I don't know how I would be. So it's really lovely that, yeah, you get to spend time with your family and that you are mm -hmm. so tight knit with your brother. It's so nice. And you have that like, yeah, yeah. even just musically, like even like you have your sibling relationship, but then to have your like musical connection as well, that's, that's nice. And then obviously your dad, it's, it's nice to right. like kind of you, that you guys connect in a different way. Yeah, I mean, family is is key, man. It's it's the foundation, exactly. and I feel like all this success without them, it wouldn't mean the same thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's always nice that when you are able to go back home and charge again, and then go out again. So where are you living now? Like, obviously you're in London right now, but where would you say is your living? location uh it's right now in uh, St. Gallen in Switzerland That's because nice. I I didn't know like what the future plans were and I wanted to see where the whole thing takes me musically and so can I ask I don't know if I'm totally inaccurate when I asked this but I feel like I saw an interview that you did not that long ago earlier this year and you said oh I still I still work I still have my nine to five are you are you still working or is it just the music now what's because when I heard that I was like are you are you actually still working a full-time job and doing this that's crazy yeah actually um I just got signed two weeks uh, two months ago mm -hmm. yeah. so I just I still have the job oh my know? gosh I still what? have it but what it's short term it's short term. It's just like three hours a day. Okay. So I'm a technical purchaser for uh, Swiss Airlines. Oi. And uh, that's what I do like in the mornings and then the rest of the day it's for music. Oh, music. That's like yeah. boss bitch shit. Like, like <laughs> and doing work and being cool. You can do everything. Yeah. yeah. Literally, <laughs> the dedication is real. It's honestly, it's so crazy to hear that you still do that. You wouldn't think it at all, but mm. this is the grind, isn't it? This is the life. Um, yes, especially, is. yeah, especially with creative. I mean, I could, I could just, you know, I could just give up the music, uh, the the work, and just focus on music. But I feel like until it really, really, really takes it off, then then I will give up the job. But oh, it will. I don't know. I think it's a Swiss thing in me, you know yeah maybe <laughs> yeah, but also a cultural thing as well i think yeah. i was i was working seven days a week up until like a year or two ago and yeah. i think it's just the again it's the um value sort of passed down from like our parents who have mm. always been right yeah, yeah, working. yeah and it's if especially if you're immigrants as well that's your story isn't it is that you right. don't want to work absolutely yeah. work and i don't think you take that for granted i don't think 
I, I think there is this sense of like you're coming to a new country nothing's yours there's no security stability like yeah. you've just got to yeah. make it work for yourself yeah. would you say mm-hmm. that that's helped you in your journey to maybe fighting for your music career like not giving up because there are loads of people who at a certain point at a certain age will give up especially in their 20s I think a lot of young people think if you don't make it in your 20s you're not going to at all right yeah and you kind Um, of had this with your 30s isn't it I mean yeah I don't know where to start but I'm really glad that I never gave up but it was always a part of me you know music but it was not like that I wanted to go anywhere with it it was always there and I just continuously created it but I never thought that it will have a reach like that and it was not about giving up or not giving up it was just about doing it for the rest of your life if you have success with it or not and then um, yeah I'm glad that I kept the job and that I had that financial stability because only then I was able to uh, invest the money in music you know because it w- it's so expensive yeah. creating music and um on music videos and uh production and mixing mastering it's all money yeah. and so i just saw it as an investment and it paid it off yeah because you're like proper self-made but obviously now you're signed but you up until this point it's been you 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 you, you. yeah yeah so with that, so with the good love video, was that before the signing, after the signing, is that a lot of that you, a lot of that whole creation is a lot of your vision? It was before, before the signing. Before the signing. So it's all yeah. you. Is it your yeah. kind of concept? You casted everyone and everything? I casted everyone. Yeah. On Instagram, I casted everyone from Switzerland. So I was like, okay, uh, it was, it was really hard work to find the right people. But I just DM'd them and they they said they're on, you know. And two weeks later, we took the flight. Thanks to Swiss Airlines, I was able to fly cheaper. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, we all met. We were like 10 people. And we all met in Goa. And they flew in from uh, Mumbai and Delhi. Wow. And, and we became really good friends now. So that, oh, was a, that was a really great experience. And all literally from the DM, so all from sliding in Instagram, no prior connections, yeah. anything before. No, nothing. We wow. knew, we didn't know anybody, and and also the the styling inputs. I, I would send pictures, and I, I, w- I was like, hey, this is this is the vibe, and we have to go with this. And the stylist was working accordingly, and we were shooting the video for two days, and it was really it was a lot of fun yeah it looks absolutely stunning as well so would you have more i think you should have more of a creative stance if that is all your creation for good love moving forward yeah you think you'll take a lot of creative reign over what you put out visually not just sonically definitely i mean we are now uh, planning for the next video i'm giving a lot of um, creative inputs and also the South Asian elements and everything. Cause I, I want that to be in all of my videos, you know, it's a lot of fun. Cause now we have like more ability to, to do bigger things, you know? So before it was a budget thing. So to keep it in the budget because I was, and now the label is paying. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, label. Thank you. Come so yeah, it's fun. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then what's next for Priya Raghu then? So you've had an incredible year, you know, Good Love um, 2.0 got re- released again. You're on the FIFA soundtrack list. How insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's insane. Yeah, that's yeah. How did that come about? Did you just get a call one day like, oh, Priya, you're on the playlist. Did you hear this? No, uh, we just talked to our publisher mm-hmm. and um, who's at the same time also our management team. And uh, we, my, my brother is a huge FIFA fan and he was just randomly asking out of fun, like, hey, would it be possible to place this song in FIFA? And then we were just joking around, you know, and then two weeks later, they came out with this news and we were freaking out, yeah. we were completely freaking out. And we, we, get, we get a lot of love from all over the place, from FIFA players and that they shazammed it and that they found our page now and it's really it's really cool and when you see the comments on on youtube um, music video 
it's all FIFA, 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 FIFA. I was, I was literally just about to say this. I think it's really incredible as well because FIFA is is so massive. It's played by so many people all across the globe. So for you to get yeah. on that playlist and have that recognition amongst all these different artists. And I was going to say when I was, uh, yeah, watching some of the videos, I was like, oh, who's here? Because of FIFA 21, FIFA 21. I love playing this when I'm playing this game. And I was just like, wow, this is insane. So then what's yeah. next? What's what's to come then? So you've mentioned an album. Do we know if it's going to drop anytime soon? Or Yeah, I mean, I mean, we are working on a roll-up plan right now. And we are definitely going to drop singles. And um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. Really and exciting. I'm actually, also, you know, I'm trying to cope with the whole situation right now because it's been only three weeks since we released the, the song. And... Yeah, there's so much love and, but also hate. I've got haters too now. Oh yeah, I was gonna and... ask you about that. How do you deal with that? How, how the hell have you got haters as well? What the hell are they hating for? Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't really know. Like the other day, this is, this is a bit scary because the other day uh, we got a, my, my father, he called me up and he said, there was um, a letter in the letterbox with just, town name and my name right not the exact address and in that letter was the newspaper saying you know the article where i was on it and then it was written go back to your country oh hell no yeah oh and hell no it's it's weird yeah who would do that but it was i mean it doesn't personally affect me but it's just a bit weird if my parents see this and they're really upset about it. So you fear for your parents because it's you not cool. What, people are, what the hell people are doing? People are so tapped. Yeah. To the, for them to send it to your parents' house, like how do they even know where your parents live? First of all. Yeah. You know, more often than not, and I'm not saying this is the case, but you know, it's more than like sometimes it's like people you know. It's just the jealousy really comes from within. Um, yeah. Circle like sometimes. But yeah, it's very, that's very scary. And it's, it I just is, feel yeah. like the idea of racism has been fueled uh, uh, since 2016. I think here in Britain, we've had Brexit. And ever since then, you know, it's just everyone's not, I don't feel like anyone's afraid to be openly racist anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's, in, yeah, I don't know. It's incredibly unprecedented times in so many different ways where we felt that maybe growing up we were making lots of steps forward and actually mm-hmm. now I feel like we're taking them all back um do you how do you face any sort of racial discrimination anywhere when it comes to the music and putting it out or trying to get stuff done yeah I mean you will always have these haters and um especially when it's you know out in the newspaper mm-hmm. so everybody can attack you but I, I just think it's part of the game and it means success. Yeah. So, so yeah, but still at the beginning, it was affecting me a little bit, but then, you know, everybody's experienced this. Yeah. Definitely. And you have to yeah. to strength and, and it's sad that you kind of have to know that, you know, with this, you're going to have to take some shit like haters. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. But you know, you'll outshine everyone. So don't even worry. Um, Thank you. And I know we've had you for a little while, but I did just want to ask, I know you've been asked this before, but um, collaborations, you know, can you tell us if there's happening or if there's any dream collaborations you would love to to do now that um, you've got the album? Dream, okay, dream collaboration would be Ea Rahman and MIA together on a track. Yes. So the connection went a little bit weird. So I don't know if we caught that, but AR Ramen. Yeah. MIA. You? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. I love AR Ramen. Oh my God. J-Ho. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane. But, but who I, knows one day. But any UK artists since you're here in London, any, anyone particular? She just said MIA. Oh, sorry. Oh, MIA, but she's still, uh, she's born from here, but I feel like she's more like America. She's like, was born here and sort of just been in America the whole time. So anyone on the current. Yeah, from Hounslow, but she's been, she even in her latest song. But isn't she living here in the UK? That's what I thought. What, London City left the town. That's what she's saying on the franchise. (laughs) I think she's been in America more than anything. 
Yeah, it's just, you know, um, for me, the, the best thing that happened is doing music with my brother. Mm. So I don't have like um, aims and goals to work mm. with huge artists. I mean, if it happens, it happens. And it's super cool. But it's not like it's on my, on my wish list, to be honest. Yeah. I hope that you do collab with A.R. Rahman. I'll, I'll die. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would die as well. <laughs> but also like i feel like you are the type of artist that doesn't need to work with with big people like that like it would work with al rahman because he has that kind of like connection to you in terms of like your sound mm -hmm. like yeah like the different but kind of same kind of tone that you guys would bring but like you know when I, you know some artists are supposed to be like niche to their because they're very unique and it doesn't work with like big artists because yeah like, right it would ruin your sound i feel you know um, yeah so yeah, do you think I just I like I like that you are quite, you like that you work with your brother and like you don't want to really collaborate with massive people because you're niche and I like that. Yeah, thank you. Unique, even. Niche, <laughs> um, yeah, unique and niche. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for giving up some of your time on a Saturday morning to talk to us. It's amazing. Thank you so much yeah, for your thanks time. Thanks for having me, man. No, it was really fun talking to you. Oh, thanks so much. I hope I really yeah. think so because it was, uh, yeah, I was really oh, nervous gosh. about all of this. And yeah. What? Had, really? Yeah, honestly, I was literally like, I had a dream about you that this was all going wrong. <laughs> I swear to God, last night, I literally I woke up like, did, did I do the interview already? Did I just fuck yeah, it up? Yeah, she said she was getting nervous. I was like, I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I was so bad because I was like, I'm not wearing makeup. Do you think she'll care? And then I was like, you know, you <laughs> no way. I know you're okay. <laughs> of course, I don't know why I was so nervous. I think it's because I care so much, and I think it is. It's because it's a massive, massive deal. I think representation-wise, and just everything that you stand for as well. It's like a big deal. Like your boss lady. Do you know what I mean? When I come yeah. through and impress. So wow, that's so nice to hear, man. Really, and even I was a bit nervous too because it's my first podcast. Oh, yeah. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't forget, guys, this, everything is new to me now. And uh, maybe in one or two years, I'll be like, all right, easy. Yeah. But, yeah. but now it's everything new. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, in the future, post COVID and all of that, we can actually be in the same room together and hug and embrace. And uh, yeah, I would, I would love, we would love to yeah. talk to you again and catch up with you as you bark on this really, really exciting yeah, journey. You, you know, you're about to get bigger, bigger, bigger. So we got that. <laughs> <first>, you <know? laughs> of course. And yeah. I mean, let's, let's have dinner somewhere in South Hall. Yes. Yeah. Let's do that. Down for it. Definitely. Completely. Well, what's your <laughs> yeah. plan for, um, for the rest of the day? I'm actually going to work on a song, a new song with my brother. And um, I've been doing promo all week. Okay. So I'm kind of exhausted from it. And now it's just about creating music and um, nothing really because we can't go out. I was going to say, yeah, it is so sucky that you're here at this time. I mean, I know you've been out and about on the London scene before, but living, if you're on the Notting Hill area, there's so many great places for live music around there usually. And obviously right. it's all not happening because of COVID and stuff. And I heard there are a lot of vintage stores as well. So so many. If you can, the markets are still open. I went to um, Portobello Road Market on the right. and they're still open and there's loads of cool stuff down there. There's really I've been there once. Um, yeah and I, and there was this fortune teller yeah uh for uh, who was palm reading for five pounds and and she was quite good oh wow i wonder if she's still there yeah yeah oh that's really cool yeah we're into that quite a lot as well i'm actually trying my best to try and learn and sort of uh read people's palms and like do tarot cards and stuff myself you do that can no, you no I'm, I'm learning yeah i'm learning to do so so it's so uh, if you learn to do it because everyone kind of has these capabilities to do so and reach yourself on a higher spiritual level but it comes yeah. from deep meditation right um so yeah it's actually so crazy because then it starts it gets me thinking about the way that monks live and like buddhists and stuff i'm like oh it's all full circle it's all kind of connected this level right of connecting to your higher self through deep meditation yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. Anyway, do you I'm guys trying. meditate? Yeah, I try to. I'm not the. I'm not like great at being consistent with it. But yeah, I know I need to because I've been saying for the. You know, I had like a lot of anxiety before and stuff, and people were like, meditate, meditate, meditate. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know what my issue is, man. I just need to just sit down and do it, really. But um, I would love to. I just feel like meditation is the key to mm. the universe. Everyone says that. Yeah. It really is. It is. And if you're consistent with it, if you do it daily, you will see massive results. Mm. And it's really, it's really inspiring, actually, that world, you know. Mm. And and I, I feel like it's also the reason we're you know, that I'm, that I'm here right now because of that, because, yeah. because I did the work, you know? Mm. No, it and is. I'm starting to have a lot more understanding when it comes from meditation about just everything about trying to keep yourself still and calm for a certain period of time. I think I really struggle, especially with my thoughts. They just go off in a tangent in so many different yeah. places. It's a type right. of discipline. Um, but also when you get to that sort of higher connection, then you sort of realize like this is what life's all about like, i feel so much more in tune with myself i get it i get yeah. all the things now that all the dots are connecting a little bit more.